Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Beautiful afternoon for a good game of football now, and it looks as though we have the makings of it. Barnes has come in. Oh, a fine goal by John Barnes. That's a beauty. And welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. My name is Matt Messiano. And with the busy festive schedule looming, we've continued our rotation policy as I'm joined by Tom Burdell whilst Jordan sits this one out. So, Tom, what did you make of the Ipswich fixture? Yeah, funny old game, right? I think in the... I watched it on Sky. I didn't go to the game. I, I came away feeling fairly positive despite obviously losing it fairly late in avoidable circumstances. But browsing Twitter and listening to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes post-match space, I think that was largely reflective of, of the, the fan base, so certainly those on social media. Um, only two defeats in 11. I think we've done better out of this little tough run that we knew we were coming into if more in performances than results, but certainly picked up some results within it as well, than, than people anticipated. So now we've got a couple of the probably easier games, as it would be perceived on, on paper, at least in Preston and Blackburn to come. So, you know, if you could get four to six points there, I think you you kind of say that's that's been a good return from this run. So, yeah, it felt, felt fairly, fairly good about a defeat, <laughs> as, as counterintuitive <laughs> as that sounds. No, I, you know what? I, I agree, actually. I agree. Uh, taking the whole period into uh, perspective, we've done better than we expected. And um, I can only really see positive signs going forward, which is, uh, you know, a good thing. I mean, compare this to 12 months ago and um, it's we're in a much better place. Um, one change then from Saturday's draw of Southampton, Jake Livermore back in the side, um, which kind of confirms something we already knew is that, Val prefers him to Siralta, and I, I think we all do, actually, to be honest, don't we? Yeah, I think so at the moment. Siralta did well in a different role, but nominally the kind of deepest midfielder in the three at the start of the season. Better than I think most people expected, but I think we, we're all in agreement now that Livermore is, is the best player for that position and that role. The funny thing is, and I was thinking this last night, that midfield three has changed completely from the start of the season where it seemed like Sierra Alta, Loser and Tom Deli Bashiru were the three. Yeah. 
you know, and, and whenever Kayembe wasn't getting much of a look in, I don't think was he injured possibly at the start of the season. Kone yes, flattered to deceive and Jake Livermore wasn't really getting a look in either. And now look at them, you say those three have got those spots nailed down to the point that loser wasn't even on the bench last night. We don't know why. Um haven't really seen much of Deli Bashiru and Sierra Alta obviously has been injured because that's what he does, but he's very much the kind of backup in his natural position and his kind of um, newfound position at the base of midfield. And I don't think anyone would have seen that coming at the start of the season. So it's quite a, I think there's a something in that, in the kind of indicative of how the team has progressed over the, over the season and how things have kind of changed um, from, from, yeah, how we set out. Indeed. So most people probably pretty happy about that change, but I think a lot of people out there are expecting at least another change, probably for Ryovic, um, thinking either one of Bio or Reese Healy would get the nod. But uh, Val went with Ryovic again. Was that surprising? I wasn't surprised it wasn't Healy which is a double negative. So I never expected Healy to start. I'll be clear on that. I, I just don't... I, the fact he scored an equalising goal and, you know, quite a well-taken goal, albeit a, an element of fortune against Southampton, is almost irrelevant, I think. It's just like a bit of a fly in the ointment for Ishmael. He just doesn't fancy him, does he? Just There's no two ways. To give him so few minutes this season is just, you know, says as much. Bio, yeah, I think he's been a little bit hard done by, to be honest. Um, it's not the most inspiring kind of choice between Ryovic and Bio, but I think Ryovic... He's probably it's probably at that point where you just go, well, he's not scoring, so a change is as good as a rest, and there's not much more logic to it than that. Bio doesn't look like scoring most of the time, but he does do, as we've said, ad nauseum, the the stuff off the ball, the less glamorous stuff, the hold up play, the stuff that Ravich simply just doesn't just doesn't do. And although we saw flashes of it against Hull, I think yes, there was a much more typical Ryovic performance in that sense that he didn't do the the kind of hold up and and, and so on. Um, so yeah, a little bit surprised, but uh, on, sorry, not surprised, you know, would have probably given Bio the chance myself after the weekend, but um, not surprised in the slightest that Healy was getting splinters in his backside again, poor chap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might have to carry on getting a few more, but uh, he certainly earned uh a lot of praise in the Southampton game for his three minutes of, of magic. And uh, he earned more game time in the Ipswich fixture, possibly because of that. Um, but let's get to the game in a moment. I just want to talk about no Imran loser in the squad, which, um, yeah, I guess because he's been a bit of a nomad of, of, of recent uh, weeks, I, I wasn't looking for him on in, in the squad. I guess my eyes go to the first 11 naturally, but yeah, he wasn't there. What is? What, can, can we read anything into that? Or is that just maybe he's picked up a little knock? Or is it that is completely out of favour with Val now? You have to wonder, don't you? Um, you know, if you look at the kind of... The first thing's first, I think they've been... They've made such a... Set such a precedent about publicising disciplinary selection issues, decisions, that you have to assume, had it been that, it would have been said at the time. He's not been spared in the past. I don't think he's likely to be spared now. So presumably it was purely, you know, selection decision based on training, fitness, suitability, whatever it may be. But I think if if you look at the, the bench, you know, even with nine subs, you've got two centre-halves, 
a couple of wide players in Ince and Martins, a couple of forwards in Bayo and Healy, and a couple of midfielders. So he's competing with Chak Tadze, who it feels like we haven't seen a lot of lately, and Tom Deli Bashiru, who it also feels like we haven't seen a vast amount of lately. Um, to get on there, has he done any more than those two in recent times? I think you're you're hard pushed. You know, I feel like the, 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 there's been a bit of an overreaction to how we've done in his absence, but uh, I think you're hard pushed to say he's justified, he's guaranteed a spot on the bench, and that's what you want, really, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I would have, you would have you would have pegged him as one of the two or three that were kind of nailed on to be always involved at the start of the season along with um Yasser Espria, along with um who I would have said in Porteous because of the the kind of lack of options at centre half. Um and and he's just kind of yeah drifted a bit. It, but what I would say on the, the flip side of that is wherever he's at at the moment, I would be confident that he will get a chance again because I never saw this Kayembe renaissance. I never saw um, someone like Delhi Bashiru playing as much as he has, albeit start of the season. I certainly never saw Backman being kind of dropped for Hamer, who was only ever really signed as an experienced third choice. So, you know, I think Ishmael, whatever you think of him, he does seem to pick on merit and and he has u- utilised his squad fully. No one's been kind of entirely the fact the two players that have probably seen the fewest minutes are, are Pollock and, and Healy. Apart from that, I think everyone would, would reasonably say they've been, you know, fairly fully utilized. So uh, I I don't think it has to spell the end of the road for him, but there's an onus on him to react in the right way as well. Yeah, disappointing for him, Ran Loser. Um I don't know if you've seen the uh the, the post that he put on his Instagram story that it was a the picture of the uh the gym mm. and, and a little Emoji clown there as clown well. Yeah. Emoji. yeah. I'd be interested to know the answer. My suspicion is that it probably is connected. I suspect as he didn't play yesterday, he would have been in today whilst those who played were doing less or doing nothing today, as, as tends to be the case. Um, if that's the case, then, you know, clearly that's the the kind of wrong attitude to be displaying publicly. I think it's absolutely fine to have kind of tension or, you know, difficult conversations with your manager as it is in any walk of life. If you're unhappy about your kind of usage, involvement, career opportunities, wherever it may be, you know, whatever kind of walk of life that is, I think it's fine to have that kind of positive tension, but there are, there are ways and means of going about it. And, and certainly if that's meant to be kind of, a, a, a complaint or some kind of show of dissent, and that's that's not the way to do it. You should be keeping these things in house. So, I suspect we may get an answer based on the team on Saturday up at Preston. I, I can't imagine he'll be left out twice in a row without it being kind of picked up on and and, and kind of put to Val as a as a question by by the Watford Observer. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see if we can get a little bit more detail on that, possibly even ahead of the game. To be fair, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's disappointing though, isn't it? That loser who on his day is probably the best player, you know, ability-wise in the squad, but just not able to to do anything for Watford in a positive way at the moment. It's disappointing because he could be so helpful. Oh, absolutely. And look, you know, how much were we pining for him at times last season? He got injured was it either fairly early on or he was already injured at the start of the season and he came back and he got injured very quickly. But even in that little run of games, we saw um, we saw how important he could be. He he got 
was it Ways Blackpool he scored, I think against Millwall possibly he scored or got an assist when we got thrashed. You know, he quickly came in to the team and, and started and started contributing. So, you know, we we've seen how good he can be at this level. Um and I, I see no reason why he can't still be good in, in this team. I, I would like to see him get on the ball further forward in the way that Kayembe has and, and you know, move the ball quickly and try and kind of make things happen. We saw that in the early weeks of the season. Obviously, the QPR game is is the standout in, in that respect. We've got a goal and assist and he was generally excellent. Um, it's, as I say, it's, it's something that he and, and Ismail need to work out. But I, I certainly don't feel like the door is closed to anyone in this squad, apart from Reese Healy. Um, so um, I'm only being flippant about that, uh, facetious about that. Um, yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting though because conceivably he will be, as I said the other week, he will be knocking on the door for Morocco for Afcon, as will Kayembe. You know, if he if he doesn't go, then he may find that he's thrust back into the team in Kayembe's place. So you've got to, you know, s- grasp the chances that are, ha- are handed to you. Yeah, and in fairness, I think it's good either way, isn't it, for for loser? If he goes, hopefully he gets a chance to get minutes and just enjoy his football again. If he doesn't go and Kayembe does go, then hopefully he can do the same thing. But for, for Watford... Um, I think probably if I was given the opportunity now, I would say, you know, Kiembe, can you pick up a, just a tiny niggling injury that keeps you out of uh, of Afcon and uh, loser go off and start enjoying your football again and return to us just feeling better and ready to, you know, contribute. But you know, we'll see, we'll <laughs> see. Um, let's move on then to the game itself. Um, a really bright start actually. Uh, Yasser Aspria scored the opener pretty quickly, uh, about 10 minutes in, I think. Uh, some good work by Mileta Rajevic as well. What did you think of his role in the goal? Um, and his overall performance actually, given that he was given the nod by Val when many kind of expected him to be dropped. Yeah, I thought he did well for the goal, obviously, Closes down um, Kladaki, the Ipswich goalkeeper, which is not something he's done a lot of. And I tweeted that and someone said, that's the bare minimum I'd expect, which I think is fair. Um, I think in more recent, in recent weeks, we've seen more of that from him. But I thought what was interesting on second watching was that it's not just him. It's obviously Espria's in the box as well, but Kayembe's in the box. And if you freeze frame it at the moment where Kladaki... Um, tries to pass it out to the left-sided centre-back, Cameron Burgess, that is. There are as many Watford players as there are Ipswich players in the penalty area. And I think that's indicative of a kind of increased commitment in the last two or three weeks, certainly since Hull, I felt, where we've tried to press a bit higher up the field um, and make it harder for teams to play out. So I thought I thought that side of it was good. In terms of Ryevich's overall performance, wasn't his best game again, I don't think. Um Five touches in in the box wasn't a particularly high return. Um, not many kind of attacking involvements at all. Attempted more aerial duels than anyone, but one less than 50%, which is not a great return. When you're his size, there was one moment I can remember in the first half where he sort of out on the right-hand side, won it back and, and laid it off to, I think it was um, to Ryan Andrews at right back. But he just didn't really didn't really get involved at all. Missed the chance, didn't he, in the build-up to Espria actually scoring, which I kind of feel like he should have done um, could should have done better with. But no, it, it wasn't his best game and I 
wonder if going away to Preston, which I suspect will be I expect to be a fairly physical game, we might see we might see Bio reinstated for that one. Mm. And and the goal itself, well taken by Yasser Espria. Um, Jordan said on on Twitter, you know, he he'd started extremely well and he was very tidy, had great pressure. Uh, effort and the precision was there and he had a better game than he had in the last one. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. He's one of those players where if he's not really obviously involved, then he can be easy to overlook, easy to miss. Um, I thought he, the thing that he did really well and, and this contributed to us overall was that we looked really dangerous when on the break he would come inside and try and get the ball inside and, and kind of spread the play, lay it, lay it off uh, one of the runners. Um, he didn't do too often from memory that thing, which can be spectacular and exciting. And when you're in the ground or watching, you love to see it sometimes where he gets the ball in a really tight space, beats a man, and then, you know, instead of maybe driving into space, seems to find somebody else that he can take on. Um, you know, he. I thought he was more efficient in possession, possession perhaps, um, in terms of uh, dribbles, only four dribbles, completed half of those, quite efficient with the ball, as I say, got the ball forward. Um, but yeah, he. I thought it was. I thought he was decent. We probably didn't get him in the game as much as we might have in the second half, and he was obviously hooked sort of after the hour, but he... You know, he's another one who has really nailed down a position in the starting eleven, having been staunchly uh, placed on the bench in the early weeks of the season. Speaking afterwards, Valerian Ishmael said, in the first half, the main issue was our enforced errors in the build-up. Just to give the ball away without any big pressure, you need more control. And I think at the end of the first half, we got it. The second half was a game on the front foot from both teams, a typical 50-50 game where the first team with the mistake will be punished. We had chances again to take the lead and we have to work on being ruthless in front of goal. We created a lot of chances, but the final pass or final shot was not on target. I mean, yeah, you see, I mean, you said it there, isn't he? That's, that's, that's kind of it. No, hard to argue with, to be honest with you. I thought we were really sloppy at times in the first half. It, it, you know, number of people that were culpable in that sense, um, but I thought the one, the moment that really summed it up for me was when Wesley Hoot clipped one out to Ken Semmer. Must have been towards the end of the first half and it went sailing over his head, I yeah. think. And Ken, yeah. even Ken Semmer got annoyed. And I thought that's kind of indicative of this half that someone as mild mannered and generally positive and upbeat and smiley and happy as Ken was evidently getting a bit frustrated at that point. Um, I was just pulled up for my kind of interest, the pass map for us in the first half. And the the kind of trend here is that anything going sideways was just about all right, but anything going kind of forwards or backwards or, you know, chiefly forwards and chiefly kind of balls from uh, the wide areas into the box or kind of into the box from the, the kind of middle of the part just wasn't connecting. And I think... I think that tells tells its own story. We were just a little bit ragged at times, um, which was, in a sense, kind of you know when we look look better was when we were moving the ball quickly and on the on the counter attack, which I think is the opposite of what Ismail has tried to make us this season. You know, he would like us to control the ball and be able to. 
bit play through the thirds and what have you. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, it was it was definitely improved in the second half, but it, it just felt like time and time again, we gave the ball away and, and under very little pressure as well at times. That was the other thing. Yeah. Although having said that, I didn't feel as though we deserved the defeat, to be honest. I thought it should have been a draw um, on the balance of play. But uh, I don't know, taking your stats into account there, Tom, maybe we did deserve it. I don't know. I think it's a hard one. As I said right at the top, I, you know, I felt fairly encouraged coming away in terms of a lot of the stuff we saw. It was, as much as anything, I think it was in terms of the fact that Ipswich are now top, obviously, albeit because Leicester have got a game in hand on them still. But, you know, a very good team that has had a fantastic start to the season um, has came and didn't kind of overawe us or blow us away. You know, we kind of, held our own throughout, held in there throughout, you know, didn't look under under kind of, it was never a backs to the wall job, you know, at any point. And the, the mm. goals came about through individual errors. You know, the first goal, Jamal Lewis has to do better with Amari Hutchinson, who we thought was very good for Ipswich, by the way, what a player he looks like. Um, but, you know, comes inside on his left foot. And I saw Lou Orn's tweet about how many times Jamal Lewis let a left-footed player come in on his left-hand side, and you know, you know, any defender you show you show the player onto their weaker foot if you possibly can but Amari Hutchinson seemed to have a lot of luck down that side and then it's Ryan Andrews inability to pick up or, or you know not inability just dozing really not picking up George Hurst for the tapping and then the winner obviously is a, a complete clanger by Wesley Hoot which we'll discuss in a moment but you know mm. they're, they're entirely avoidable goals is what I'm saying obviously their goal was avoidable as well I suppose it was it was three errors for all of the goals um, but you know, I felt like we went kind of blow for blow with them. We had some good opportunities in terms of territory and, and opportunities to deliver the ball. Didn't really work Kladke that much, I don't think. Obviously, the Ryavich shot, the goal, and then I'm struggling to remember another proper shot. I think Lewis had one, didn't he, which is a bit of a kind of cross-come shot. I don't really think we worked Kladke after that point. But then I don't think they had brilliant chances either. You know, they had chances on paper, but they were kind of half chances. The header um, that harnessed, you know, pretty tame header straight at Hamer. There was a fairly tame half volley from Connor Chaplin straight at Hamer. Um, Ken Sem had a big chance um, to score. Was that in the second half? Quite late. Yeah, kind of on the break and and Tom Ince lays it off for uh, Ken who whizzes it over. Yeah, I don't think we really worked the goalkeeper but that's not to say it was a bad performance either it felt like we were more threatening and and there was a clear kind of way that we were creating chances so I I, as I said at the top I feel I feel fairly confident I think a draw would have been a a fair result I don't think Ipswich fans would would disagree with that on the whole I know an Ipswich fan so I should text him and see what he made of it Um, but uh, yeah it was a a draw would have been a fair and decent result in my mind we were were a bit unlucky but I think that's the difference between us and a, a, a genuinely very good team in this division which they clearly are that they you know, took those chances and they were more ruthless. And I think that was something that Val said as well in his analysis of it, wasn't it? That, you know, we have to be more ruthless in front of goal. So, you know, the, these things are clear. We just need to work on it. And I think that might... Um 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, aid his cause to, to get another forward in January, perhaps. Yeah. On, on Ipswich, Val said something that um, pricked my ears up a bit. He said... Um, Something like we have to do better against the flavour of the month or something like that. Do you, do you remember that? No, I missed those, that. Those words? Oh, right, okay. I'm pretty sure he called Ipswich the flavour of the month, um, which suggests that maybe he doesn't think that they're going to maintain their their run or, or, or you know, well, this is maybe a, a flash in the pan there. Um, I mean, if he thinks that, they've got, they've got 51 points now. And I saw a graphic on Instagram this morning of the best championship start or starts for championship season ever and it's Ipswich and Leicester are the top two so I would I would read and the the graphic kind of detailed how many of them went on to finish as champions or go up and it was most of them so uh, you know I, w- I would say that they are more than flavour of the month it's a slightly odd slightly odd comment to make I think because until this last little run which you know we've talked about quite a lot I don't think we've had a particularly you know I don't know if we've ever played a played that many flavour of the month teams and, until recently to be quite honest with you <laughs> I wonder what flavour they are hmm Ipswich, yeah, probably potatoes, tractor boys, or something, some, <laughs> some sort of, some sort of vegetable that you can, um, you know, produce. I'd have said blue raspberry. Well, it's much more exciting, much more exotic. You know, one of those um, made-up uh, flavors that don't, don't yeah, really exist. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Um, let's go back to the Wesley Hoot. Uh, error then and um we were discussing on on the pod the other day actually about Wesley Hood and the uh the interesting player that he is because we were talking him up and saying that he you know he 
he, would, he had a really good game. I, I can't remember what game it was, but uh, he played very well. And we kind of came to the conclusion that he is a very up and down mm. player. And that's why he's never really made it at the, the top of the game, because although some of his performances could probably cut it, he has games that would certainly, you know, drop him from the team. Oh, absolutely. And this was a example of a poor performance from Wesley Hoot today. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think that I've, a few things to say on this. First and foremost, if there's a player that could score the goal, uh, if there's a centre-back in this club who could score the goal at Hull and then make the error yesterday, you'd say that's Wesley Hoot. I think Portis is capable of making the error, but he's not capable of scoring that goal. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, you know, you can see at times why he was signed. I must admit, I nicked this from the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes uh, pod. They, they had um, someone on to preview the Southampton game who said that you know he was actually signed to replace Virgil Van Dijk, and that went probably was counted against him because Van Dijk was so good, and clearly they're not even remotely in the same class of player, right? But there's a reason Van Dijk is Liverpool and Netherlands captain, and Wesley who is is Watford captain. But you know, at times when he does the good things, you can see why he was so highly thought of when he was younger, sort of five or six years ago. When he does the things he did yesterday to lead to the goal you can see exactly why he's playing for a mid-table championship team now. But, you know, Southampton, at a time when they were a very good team, for a very good club for recruitment, particularly out of kind of Belgium and Netherlands, spent £17 million, I think it was on him. So, um, you know, Val absolved him of any blame quite quickly and said, you know, he won us the game at Hull. And I think that's the right approach to take because he's had, on the whole, a very good season. You know, his stock had kind of fallen by the end of last season as, as Porteous's was rising. And this season they've gone in, in different directions again. So he's been very good, but last night was not a good night for him. I thought he was really one of the major culprits in terms of being poor on the ball. And, and even a few times he tried, you know, we know if you picture a Wesley Hoop pass, it's usually that kind of big sweeping left to right, um, kind of 40, 50 yard ball. He tried to do that a few times with his right foot yesterday and, and basically cocked them all up. And as I said earlier, it was him to his attempted pass to Ken that, that went wrong. He completed 39 of 58 passes, but 67% for him completion rate that equates to is pretty, is pretty low, you know? Um, so, he was, yeah, it was definitely not his best day. Eight of 21 long passes complete. Obviously expect that percentage to be lower because there's kind of more risk attached. But again, for him, that's not, that's not a great ratio. So it was, it was a, it was a difficult day. I don't think I can really put any blame at Kayembe's door either for the pass. I thought it no. was, it, you know, obviously we'll never know unless we're in his shoes, but it didn't look like he put too much or too little on it or anything like that. It just looked like a really awkward, heavy touch from from Wesley Hoot. But um, I think the good thing about the sort of character he appears to be, and, you know, uh, Anderlecht fans were quick to tell us he was very arrogant when he signed. I think he's got enough of that confidence that he's not going to let it, you know, kind of crush him or anything like that. I'm sure he'll be back to back to being the hoop that we know and love at Preston on Saturday, thrashing the ball all over the place, throwing himself into tackles like his life depends on it and and generally playing on the very edge of kind of sanity. So, yeah, he he's had a good season. I'm, I've not got any great concerns about that. Mm, he's also proving to be quite an effective captain as well whilst Backman is out of the team. Yeah, I mean, this is interesting, isn't it? People have kind of 
put two and two together and said, ah, we're good now. We have a different captain. Is it correlation? Is it causation? I think at this point, you have to say it's correlation. And you have to say, as we, as I said with Backman, always try to be fair and, and reasonable. We don't know how good or bad a captain he is, but I don't think he's a bad choice in the, as said, you know, kind of experience he's had. He's been capped possibly only a handful of times, but certainly capped by the Netherlands, played for some big clubs, um, you know, a lot of experience and, and clearly quality as well. Um, so yeah, good, good on him. I, I guess in, in a sense it's, it's, um, it's his until Backman comes back in. But at the moment, I, I don't think Backman's clearly not going to come back in anytime soon. So it's, um, it'll, it'll give us an opportunity to, to kind of work out with a bit more accuracy, whether that is some, there's in something in that or not. Yeah. He's doing it right. Isn't he Hamer? Not, at fault, really, for either of the two goals, personally? No, nothing he could do about either of them, really. The first one, he makes a good save. I think there was a little bit of a deflection on it anyway, wasn't there? The Hutchinson shot that comes through makes the save and, and you really, you know, you're hoping that Jamal Lewis is alert enough there to to, to smash it away before George Hurst nips in, but, you know, he, he didn't... Um... Perhaps could have pushed it further away, but, I mean... Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think it's one of those where, because he... He has to get down quite quickly and it's quite close to his body, isn't it? So I don't think he's, he's necessarily able to really get the trajectory, not trajectory, but whatever it is in yeah. his arm to pop properly push it away. You know, his arm is kind of under his body. Certainly this is how I remember it, so I'm quite prepared to be proven wrong. As we know, my goalkeeping analysis is not great. Um, yeah, so that one and then and then the second one, you know, he's obviously sold up the river by, by who, isn't he? There's, there's nothing he can do, but... Um, I didn't think it was his best night in terms of kicking. Certainly in the first half, there are a couple that got wrong or sailed out of play. Um, but generally, I think that side of his game has, has been pretty good. So, yeah, not his best game, not his worst game. Certainly, you know, don't feel like he harmed the team, um, which I think at the moment, given where we are in the goalkeeping stakes, is is enough to give him a pass for next week or for the weekend. Let's talk about the fullbacks just quickly then. Um, we did mention them already, but Jamal Lewis, um, let's bring him up first did he have a good game wasn't his best game I thought in the first half I thought between him and Ken Semmer they had a lot of joy down the right the Ipswich right and they they pulled off Brandon Williams at half time and put um, Harry Clark in there at right back and that kind of helped nullify that a little bit and shut that down a little bit um, but he had a tough time I thought up against Amari Hutchinson I thought Amari Hutchinson was man of the match um, for Ipswich certainly joint most touches in the box most shots attempted most dribbles attempted and completed most attacking duels attempted and completed most pressing duels as well attempted which you know don't necessarily associate with a winger I thought I thought he was a real real thorn in our side and, and Lewis as, as I mentioned earlier kind of via hat tip to Luans you know really just sort of let him get inside him onto his stronger foot time and time again so no certainly not his best game in terms of Ryan Andrews though, I thought he had a really good game um, you know got forward was dangerous wanted to wanted to advance the ball tidy in possession and didn't you know didn't let them cause him too many too many issues overall um i think he just continues to go really from from strength to strength eight of his nine defensive actions were successful six interceptions one his only aerial duel only committed a single foul 
and what uh, attempted more loose ball duels than anyone was second for loose ball regains. You know, really, really good stuff from him. And I think he has done exactly what we hoped in Ngaki, Jeremy Ngakia's absence in that he's just proven that he could and should be that number two for the for the long run. I guess the only concern is that he does so well that someone comes and, and puts down an offer that, you know, for an England under 20, is he England under 20 internationally? Certainly only 19, I think. Yeah, um, still very you know, young. Cut, that's it, comes in and put, and for a homegrown player, comes in and puts down an offer that we, we can't afford to say no to. But yeah, he's playing some really good football at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, next up then, it's a trip to seventh place to Preston, who, uh, despite having a, a good open to the season, have fallen away a bit. What mm. do we expect from them, Tom? Yeah, they've really, really struggled of, of late. Still in a good position, obviously, won 3-1 at Huddersfield on Tuesday night, but that was their first win in five. And the fact they've only won three of their last 14 after winning six of the first seven, um, only one win in six at home. And I think... You know, at the time that we saw this fixture, this coming out, we think, oh, bloody hell. But I, I would say they're a team that we've got to be going for now. Um, they're not, you know, they they don't have a huge amount of the ball. So therefore, their kind of defensive numbers are quite high. No one in the division has attempted or, or won more, uh, been successful with more defensive actions. They're first for... Um, Interception second for aerial duels one and attempted and I think for that reason you you we we talked about him touched him earlier sorry um Vakumbayo I think needs to probably come in for that one for his kind of out of possession work I think he is a much better all rounder and and will will do the physical stuff better than um, than Ryevich. Um they play three at the back so you know there's going to be an onus on um, us to get bodies in and around to help him as well. Otherwise he's going to be kind of hopelessly outnumbered. But, you know, despite that, they they might not be the kind of prettiest side and they're certainly, they're fairly direct as well. Um, Third for long passes attempted this season. They're up there and, and they've found a way to win games. So I would be targeting three points there. Nice one. Yeah. It, uh, it, could be a, a good opportunity to get back onto uh, a, a run after this one finished. Uh, I'm not sure how many it was in the end. Was it 11 games or something uh, without defeats? Well, one defeat in 10, so now two in 11. One defeat in... Yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad take at it. all. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, just while I've got you here, Tom, and because you missed the last pod with Jordan, uh, a bit of interesting news dropped the other day from a Watpers perspective. The uh, technical director has uh, has gone. Cristiano Giretta uh, has has left to uh, to. I think he's gone to somewhere in Cyprus. Cyprus. Yeah, accounts, that's right. It? Yeah, part mm. of a, a a bigger group. And coming in to replace him is Gianluca Nani. He's been in the position before. Uh, was a little bit. I don't know. Um, controversial when he was in the job. Yeah. Um, do you think he should have it back, Tom? Hard to, it's always hard to know, isn't it, what these people actually do day to day in in the role. You know, we tried to get a bit more clarity on that through the fan forum and, and Gioretta did an interview um, with the Watford Observer recently that shone a, a bit more light on it. Um, but I would certainly say Nani doesn't have kind of the best reputation, does he? He certainly don't think he was particularly popular at West Ham. I don't know how much 
he had to do with the kind of initial influx of signings. There was a lot of success in that period, but I think also we went, you know, we had a lot of kind of just flops come over as well in the first first two or three years while he was while he was here and, and since then he's kind of gone out to roles in the, the Middle East and uh, had a fairly in, inglorious spell, a very short-lived and inglorious spell at Reading as well. So it very much feels like one that's based on working and having a, a relationship with Scott Duxbury and the Potsos previously, or Potso previously, which does seem to be how we, we kind of work. Uh, so it's funny to me, and I tweeted this at the time, you know, just never change Watford. We're just constantly churning, turning over these people uh, in these kind of front office roles without explanation, without ever really getting to know them. Um, but I don't, I don't put too much store by it because I just, you know, not privileged position enough to know what what he does and, and doesn't do and, and what is what he's good and or bad at. So um it the timing seems a little strange is the only thing I would say as well. Just just ahead of January, you kind of feel like that's not ideal timing if we're gonna do any business. We don't typically do a huge amount in January, but um yeah, given we we thought we'd sort of had the the bit of um turnover in that department with Ben Manga going and the kind of power struggle being won by Gioretta and, and uh Ismail, it's a bit of a surprise, certainly. A friend of mine uh said on the Juretta thing, was he really as bad as everyone made him out to be? Um, if I give you a few names here, and we are assuming he had more influence than Ben Manga because as far as we're aware, Ben Manga only really made two signings in Jao Ferreira and um, the, the loanee from Benfica, whose name escapes me right now. His most recent signings, Mlesarajevic, um, I mean, we know what his faults are, but he's come in and he's scored plenty of goals already. Tom Ince, £50,000 for an experienced championship level winger. Not bad. Jake Livermore has proved that he um, still has it about him to to be a very good championship level player. Jamal Lewis is starting to earn some fans now. Um, everyone knows that Chuck Vitazzi has a good ability to to be a bit more creative, but perhaps isn't getting the opportunity at the moment. And Vacumbeo on his day isn't that bad either. Was perhaps Giretta given a bit too much criticism? Although, as you said, you rightly said, you know, we know the kind of signings now that Manga was responsible for. I always think we have to take these things with a pinch of salt as well and say people are kind of protecting their own backs and looking out for themselves or the people that they owe something to. I still, you know, I'm not close enough to it. I don't have the kind of sources to say otherwise. I just don't know who I believe anymore in terms of these kind of who's responsible for what broadly, but also, you know, acutely in terms of specific signings. So it's it's really hard to say. I suspect, though, you're right that he probably got a harder rep than he deserved because we didn't know who he was and he was kind of seen as this potso man. Butterfly man. Yeah, the butterfly <laughs> man, meddling, you know, meddling with things, you know, kind of... Uh, being sitting near the dugout and all these things, I, I think um, you know, kind of tarred with the same, tarred with a certain brush because of his closeness to Pot. So Nani will probably get a similar kind of, um, you know, a similar view will be taken of Nani. So it's hard to say. It would be this would be a great opportunity for the club to come out and explain what, why, and and all these things. But I'm I'm sure. Who does what? But I'm I'm sure we won't get it, so um, I won't I won't waste my breath any further. Yeah, probably not. We're still waiting for the uh, hierarchy, aren't we? 
That's it. Still waiting for the org chart. So yeah. You know. <laughs> oh well. We'll keep waiting. With bated breath. All right, that will do us for this episode. Um, thanks very much for joining me, Tom. Um, My pleasure, mate. We'll be hopefully podding again after the Preston game when we hopefully get back to winning ways. Please follow us on all the socials. At Watford Pod is the place to follow us on Twitter. And um, if you haven't given us a rating on iTunes, do that if you can. It would be very lovely to read out what it is you have to say about the pod. All right, then. Thanks very much, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.